Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Flea Flicker. I am your host, John Murray. And yes, I did say morning because it's about 12.04. And here is August, August the 3rd. Now, who can believe here we're here in August already? And it seems like in the majority of the years, almost like this, we're in the eighth month of 2022. Before you know it, 2023 will be here. Now, I know I won't. I want people to uh, get on my case and say that, hey, I'm rushing the year on by. That's not the case here. It's hard to believe that we're in the eighth month of this year, and we are, and before you know it, I don't want to jinx people. I want people to be criticized. Before you know it, Christians will be here. Again, that's just the way they say time flies. Well, they say time flies when you have the front, right? Whether I'm having fun or not, that remains to be seen. But, but that's the old expression. That's the old. That's the old. The old saying. Uh, as I start most of my podcast, for those who are joining for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so, and please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, invite anybody that you can, because I certainly, certainly want more and more people to get out there, listen, listen to my podcast. And again, if you got any questions for me, you can usually reach me on Facebook or Twitter. Or the only two places I really have a a media outlet, really. Um, if you can, please, please reach, please reach me over over there, and I will do the best I can to answer any question under the sun that I can for you. Or if you got an opinion, or you want my take on something. Uh, for those who've been with me from day one, I want to thank you for doing so. And please, again, same thing, your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, whoever the case it is. Again, we're trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, again, last episode I mentioned we're getting we're getting closer and closer to that three-digit, three-digit number, I should say, and doing, you know, doing the episodes. And I never thought that I would be at this point getting to that point but but we are here um, again for those who for those who do follow me um, I do like I said I've had other podcast people reach out to me and they they are following me as well so um, again I got Apple Google Podcast Amazon uh, those just some of the basics I've got many many more out, many more out there radio public um, if you don't, yeah, I do on Spotify, uh, any any place you can that you can listen to me and get you know and get reach out reach out to me. I'm there. I certainly would like to you know do. Hopefully, I want to do more and more of these podcasts. I want you know I want to get more and more episodes. I want to get more and more information out there. We're in training camp. The news is flying. It's coming fast. It's coming fast each and every single day. We're trying our best to keep up to date and. Give you my personal opinions on whatever matter, whatever matter we can we can come up with. Um, without further ado, let's jump into let's jump into some news right now. And the first bit of news is, and I guess the biggest news, well, maybe one of the biggest news today is, I guess we've all re- heard about Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins. He will be serving a six-game suspension. He has been fined X amount of dollars, and he's been stripped of his 
number one draft pick in 2023 and a third round pick, I believe, in 2024, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure somebody will correct me on that if, I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, if I am wrong on that. Now, now it was not, now he did not get this because of of what Brian Flores had brought up some time ago, but him um, wanting to throw some games because they wanted to draft Joe Burrow. Now, this is another reason he did get suspended six, the first six games of the, of the 2022 season. It wasn't because of that. It was found that there was really no evidence that could suggest, just suggest that. Now, to me, I've got an opinion on that one. I, I, as much as I, I'm, I'm going to probably agree with Brian Flores on this one because to me, I'd have a hard time. I would have a hard time tuning. Brian is a competitive guy, you know, and I get that and you understand that. But you don't come in. You don't come in and tell your head coach, "Hey, I need you to throw me some games because this, there's a quarterback from LSU, Joe Burrow, that I want." Now, granted, they didn't get a chance to do that. The Bengals got the first overall pick. They drafted Burrow, and of course, the Bengals. Looks like to be a nice pick thus far, but and of course there was a controversy. There was controversy where Brian Flores didn't want to draft Tua; he wanted to draft Justin Herbert. And how that would have been interesting if Justin went to Miami. How he could have done? Again, you never know. But I guess Brian Flores looks like he was right when it came to I want Justin Herbert over Tua. Now, Tua has been ridiculed. He's been, you know, he's been ridiculed since he stepped, yes, since he stepped on the, on the field. Now, for the Miami Dolphins, and a lot of people, you know, he is certainly has ups and downs. He's been in his leg. He's had injuries. Um, of course, now his new, his new best friend, the whole wild world, or so it seems to be, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek has been on his bandwagon. He's been preaching to the choir about how good. How good to a how to a to a can be, and the thing about it is, yeah, I get it. Tua's got to have. Tua certainly has a lot of weapons. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. I mean, yeah, you got what Cedric Wilson from the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys here soon. Let's yeah again, Mike Lecky, you're you're tied in. Yeah, you've gone out and you've got you've you've got three or four deep at running back, so it's like Tua's got some weapons around him. And I've always, everybody says, well, that Mike McDaniel likes to run the football because that he's a student of Kyle Shanahan. And I get that and understand that. But the problem is, and here's my thing is, and here's what I'll keep on record saying, you've got to, yeah, Tua's got to throw, yeah, Tua's got, you know, Tua's going to have to throw the football more. Now, with weapons like that, Tua's going to throw the ball probably a good, what, 35 times a game just to satisfy Tyreek Hill, just to satisfy, you know, Jalen Waddle, to satisfy the other weapons on the team. Yeah. And to me, Tua's going to have to do that. And I know people think I've lost my ever-loving mind when I say that, but you gotta, but you got to understand, if you pay Tyreek Hill, what, what is it, 30, mil, 30, 30 million a year, I believe? Yeah. If, you, yeah, if you're going to pay him that much money, you got a guy that caught 100 balls last year, Jalen Waddle, I believe. I believe he caught 100 balls. I could be wrong on that. But if you got those two guys, I can't see you turn around and hand the ball off 
whole a whole whole lot now. Certainly like certainly like to run the ball to keep other teams honest. I get that, and you certainly understand that. But again, if you've got that kind of weapons, let's be honest with you, you're gonna have to throw the ball more more than you think. Again, I'm just saying. But back to the part at hand is Again, with thing with Ryan Flores, Flores didn't see eye to eye with Stephen Ross. He didn't see he didn't see eye to eye with the general manager Curtis yeah Curtis Greer. He did not see the you know, Chris Greer I should say he did not see eye to eye. You know on certain on certain player moves. Obviously, he wanted Justin Herbert. But again, it, it's again. I would tend to. I think Brian made a comment that he was kind of surprised that that there was no more findings in the tent in the, in the um, I guess him trying to come into the, him and having him forfeit forfeit games because I guess he wanted to throw again not forfeit but throw some games because of others you know because they wanted Joe Burrow they did not find Steve, you know they did not find Ross guilty of that but it appears what got Ross in trouble was tampering not so much of him coming in and throwing asking his coach to pretty much throw a game now I guess the word was when Tom when Tom Brady was still with the New England Patriots I believe this is his last, his last year with the Patriots that it was it was discussed that they wanted Tom Brady to come to Miami, and they were giving what some part ownership in the Miami Dolphins, and in the process they were in the process somewhere in there they were talking they wanted to talk to Sean Payton and bring in they want to bring Sean Payton in as well along with Tom Brady, and of course Sean was still with the New England excuse me with the New Orleans Saints at that particular moment in time. But that seems to be what got him in trouble. Now, for my for my opinion, would be is this: I, to me, I'd be more worried about him asking my asking his head coach to, I guess you know, tank it, throw a game, however however you want to really say it. I'd be more worried about that. Now, granted, it doesn't go well for my quarterback Tua if. Or yeah, if you were talking to Tom Brady, yeah, that doesn't bode that doesn't bode well for me before he went off to Tampa Bay. Now again, if I'm Brian Flores and I find this information, hey, I'm trying to recruit Sean Payton as well. Yeah, that would not bode well. That would not bode well for me either. I would be upset about that either. So, but now Ross is going to serve a six-game suspension. And Granny he'll lose he'll lose a first round draft pick next year's draft, a third rounder in two thousand twenty four, in some way, shape, or form. Some people consider a slap on the wrist. A wrist, I should say. And yeah, in case that is that's true. And I'll agree with that. Again, you know, again. Now as far as you know, as far as him talking to Tom the word is talking to Tom Brady, I mean I'm sure players, I'm sure players from other teams probably get on the field. And doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they are. I mean, I'm sure if um, it doesn't matter. I'm sure everybody talks to you know. Hey man, we, we wish we had, we had you as my quarterback on our team. 
again, that could be considered tampering. So, but, yeah. Again, something like that is probably considered tampering in a way. So, but again, my biggest problem would be is, he could, my biggest issue would be is this. He wants to, he, he asked Brian Flores to throw, to throw games, throw games basically because of a pick, because of Joe Burrow. Now, again, and I've said this before, this, before this all this came about, to me, if I'm Roger Goodell, I got to tell Ross, he's got, he's got to sell a team. He's got to do so. Now, granted, Miami, I'm sure, I don't know what the, how much, how much they're really worth. Um, I know there's a thing came out about, I believe it was ESPN that came out with the Dallas Cowboys as the richest franchise in the NFL. Now, Miami, I mean, Miami is after all, Miami, right? Beaches, I mean, nice weather. I mean, it's a, I, I, I mean, it's a great place, great place to be, a decent team to own. And it seems like the Miami Dolphins are on the up and up. I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to buy the Miami Dolphins? There's a plenty of players out there that would certainly plenty rich <laughs> rich millionaires, billionaires, or you know, would love to buy the Miami Dolphins. But if I'm Roger Burdell, and the tampering is not my biggest issue, it's that's the biggest issue I would have right there is him him telling his coach, Hey, we need we need to tank some games because I want Joe Burrow. That's my biggest concern. That's my biggest worry. And just off of that alone, I got to tell Stephen Ross, sell a team. Now, is it harsh? Now, maybe some, I, it depends now. Is it harsh? It, it, it depends on the definition of it being harsh. But my problem is, if there's any whisper whatsoever that you were not, in, that you were asking your coach to do this, that's a concern to me. I mean, you can talk to Tom Brady all you want about ownership and you want to bring him to Miami. You want to talk to Sean Payton or reach out to Sean Payton. You call him on the phone, whatever you did. That's one thing. But the point is, and granted, it's not a good luck if, if, if you were doing so. But again, that's my biggest concern. And Steven should, you know, to me, in my opinion, he should sell the team. Plain and simple. Now, whether whether Tom Brady was serious about being the quarterback or taking a part of the franchise, you know, a little bit of the franchise or giving some kind of executive position, I mean, I'm sure after Tom decides to retire, maybe Tom will get into it. I don't know. That's I'm not Tom Brady's head. I don't know what he's thinking, but that could be a possibility. I mean, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's kind of dibbled into with the, with the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos. He wants to gain some kind of you know, ownership. There was talk at one time he could work with the Indianapolis Colts at one point in time. There was talk about that. Um, athletes do that. And I can see Tom owning. I can see Tom, you know, maybe one day, maybe being part owner or, you know, or piece of ownership in, in an NFL team. Yeah, now, who, yeah, who, who would Tom Brady want to see as his head coach? I don't, that one I do not know. And Sean Payton, the word is Sean will probably be back in 2023 with the team. Don't know. I know everybody wants to swear up and down to be the Dallas Cowboys. It's not, I just don't see it happening. And I'm sure there's plenty of NFL teams that would love to have Sean Payton. I'd love to have Sean Payton over Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. But that's not going to happen. 
Buffett reference to Ross. Again, I, to me, talking to Brady and talking to Peyton is one thing. But again, again, I will keep you know keep saying this. But if you ask your head football coach to get to to throw games because you want first you want the first round first pick of the draft you want it to be Joe Burrow to me that's something that's to me unacceptable and inexcusable. We've always heard stories. You've heard stories where college many years ago, colleges a couple of colleges a couple of college football players they threw a game they threw games. There was a ref there was a uh, referee an NBA referee years ago that did stuff like that too. Now, now the thing is, I can't say, yeah, and in a way, in a way, I don't know if you consider it kind of a gambling point, part of you. Now, I know Calvin Ridley, he's serving a year-long suspension, and a lot of people are kind of upset about that because here's a Sean Watson got suspended, what, six games because, yeah, because of the, um, the lawsuits that were filed, filed against him, but yet, you know, he bets, but he bets on the game, bets on games, and he gets a year-long suspension. And in any in any sport, whether it's baseball, you know, football, basketball, hockey, yeah, betting on betting on games is like a cardinal sin. You're not supposed to do that. And unfortunately, you ask the guys that played for the Chicago White Sox back in 1919. How did, yeah, how, how did that how did that work out work out for them? You had a lot yeah, you had a few guys, especially one Joe Shirtless Jackson, who was a Hall of Famer, hands down, no questions asked. But when he got caught up in this scandal, and of course the people know the story that Charlie Comiskey, the owner of the uh, Chicago White Sox, uh, was pretty cheap from what the story goes, and uh, he didn't want to play any of his ball players top dollar. And uh, a lot of people, and I guess they, uh, you know, betters, gamblers, caught into, got into that, heard about that. They went to the players and said, "Hey, we'll give you more than Comiskey's paying you if you if you'll you know throw against throw this World Series against the uh, Cincinnati Reds." And sure enough, they did that. Um, and unfortunately, Joe Shrews Jackson was one of those guys. Now. Again, we all know about Pete Rose. Pete Rose bet on bet on baseball. He didn't bet against his team, and I I probably I probably believe Pete. He probably didn't bet against those Cincinnati Reds. Probably never did. But again, one of the greatest baseball players to play the game, and he said he was he's he's got the most hits in the history of the game, and yet he's banned because he bet because he bet. Now years ago was at um. Paul Horning, I believe, uh, for the uh, Green Bay Packers. I think he was kind of caught up in one of those things, but again, it was not quite as bad. I don't think he. I think he, it was like I think he was, it was like horse racing. I believe that he was gambling on not football. But in a way, to me, to me, in a way, it's kind of like it's kind of like tanking is kind of like you know, it's like you're kind of like gambling in a way, in my opinion. It's kind of sort of in that in that in that regard. And to me, to me, Stephen Ross should be should sell his team, be banned, and never, you know, and never own another NFL franchise. Now, if Stephen wants to go and own a uh, USFL team or 
with XFL that uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his ex-wife are, uh, are running. If he wants to do that, go ahead and do that. But don't, yeah, but I just can't see, to me, if I'm Roger Goodell, I gotta put my foot down and tell him, you know what? You can never own another team as long as you, yeah, NFL team as long as you live, because I feel that strongly. You should never, never ask your coach to tank a game, plain and simple. Right now, I guess, since we're on the bad news, I guess let's stick with some bad news. And bad news is out, coming out of the Denver Broncos is Tim Patrick. Uh, one of their top receivers, he is done for the season. If you have not heard, he uh, tore his ACL in Tuesday's practice. Uh, Tim Patrick certainly has been, his, his receiver has fly, flew under the radar for, you know, for a few years now. Uh, Tim has been a solid contributor to the uh, to the Denver Broncos, and certainly he's going to be missed by Denver. Um, I know that Corbin Sutton is there. Jared, you know, Jared Judy is in the one-two punch. Um, there is good news that KJ Ham Hamler, you know, from Penn State, he is back. He missed all of last year. He is back this year. He just got activated from the pub list, which is great news for you know, great news for Denver Broncos. But losing a guy like Tim Patrick is 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 a bad thing for the uh, Denver Broncos. Now, they certainly have weapons if Tim's gone. KJ does come back this year. I mean, you've got Javante Adams, Melvin Gordon, a nice little one-two punch in the running game. And I'm sure with you, and you have a much better quarterback play in Russell Wilson. So again, some people are thinking Tim Patrick, losing Tim Patrick is not a huge issue for the Denver Broncos. And in some ways, you may be right. But for Tim, certainly hope Tim Patrick, you know, gets gets better and comes back in 2023 stronger, you know, stronger than ever. You know, Tim, he kind of gets overlooked. I mean, I would love to see what he could have done with Russell Wilson. He played with guys like G. I mean, he played with Drew Locke, right? He played with Teddy Bridgewater. And he's seen to have a good report with most quarterbacks that he played with. And to me, I've always been a big fan. If a receiver can work with any quarterback, he certainly, he certainly becomes one of my favorites. If you can work with any quarterback, that shows me something. Tim Patrick was that, was that type of guy. He could work with any quarterback, play hard, and he played well. And for Tim, I mean, he was rewarded a contract. When was it last season? I think he was rewarded a contract extension. But for Tim, again, you got Tim Patrick. It was Ryan Jensen last week. He was probably going to miss miss the year. Nothing has really officially come out of Ryan Jensen, but everybody, by all accounts, we figure he is pretty much gone for the season. Unfortunately, Tim Patrick is gone for the se for the season as well. Certainly hope Tim the best. Hope he comes on, you know, hope he uh, comes back stronger, better than ever in 2023. Speaking of wide receivers, and let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And if you heard the story that they have now lost James Washington, he was anywhere from six to ten weeks because of an, of an ankle injury. Now, that's a huge blow to the uh, Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys were kind of thin at receiver. Michael Gallup is not going to be ready by you know, by week one, he's going to miss a few games. Now Washington's out, you know, six to ten weeks. And that puts more pressure on the young man from South Alabama, Talbert, a rookie, to step in and become the number two receiver. Now, certainly, it's going to put pressure on this young man, but it puts a lot more pressure on C.D. Lamb because now defenses are going to probably double-team C.D. 
and I'm sure some people are going to maybe look at Dalton Schultz a little bit more more closely. But you could take C, you could take CD Lamb away, and basically go tell him, "Hey, when this guy beat me, can that guy beat me?" Now, according to Jared Jones, Jerry is not looking to go outside the organization to bring in. He feels that he has enough receivers. He has, but he has enough receivers to, to get to get by until at least let's say Michael Gallup returns. Now, to me, I think this is a bad mistake on Jerry's part. Now, I know they went out and got with the USFL MVP, but they went out and got him. They brought him in. Now, but I don't see him being a... Yeah, he's not going to be number two, because right now, Tolbert's scheduled to be number two guy. But to me, there's not many receivers on the market. I know Odell's out there, but Odell is torn ACL. He's not going to be ready anytime soon. And the one guy that I have preached, and some people have preached, some experts have preached, is what about Will Fuller? Now, again, Will Fuller's problem has always been, can he stay healthy? And that's the biggest issue, is can he do so? And i got to be honest with you, Will Fuller is maybe the best option for Jerry Jones. Jerry should reach out to Will Fuller. Fuller would be an upgrade big upgrade of what they got. Now, certainly Fuller would have to come in, get caught up to speed on the offensive system. And you certainly have to do that. But Will is, a, is an upgrade over Tolbert and over upgrade over whatever else Jerry has got. Now, I don't know if Will could be, Tolbert would have to be the number two. I can see Fuller coming in being a number three. And if he gets caught up to speed quick and fast, I can see Fuller being a number two. And you drop Tolbert back to number three. At least that'd be something to work with. Now, Jerry says, like he says, he is content on what he's got. And to me, for Jerry, that is a mistake. To me, Jerry's opportunities to get maybe a Jarvis Landry, a Julio Jones. He's an opportunity to go ahead and get veterans. Heck, he could have gone out there and got Sammy Watkins before Green Bay did if he, if he thought he could, you know, could do that. But this is Jerry's making a is making a huge mistake. Now. I guess if you also heard heard Jerry, Jerry's talking about um, that the team might lie are going to have to put put more offense on Zeke. Well, Jerry's not going to not 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 going to have a choice. He's going to have to put he's got to put the ball in Zeke's hands. He's not going to have a choice because the receiving core is not that right now with uh, James Washington, Michael Gallup out. Your receiving core is pretty weak, Jerry. I like CD, I like Dalton Schultz, but that's it. Now, a lot more might be put on Tony Pollard's plate. Tony Pollard might have to, you know, Tony Pollard might have to um, yeah, be lining up, lining up as a receiver a lot more. And that could be that could be something that's been been talked about before. And I've talked about, it has been talked about, but as of right now, Jerry might have a point. For the first time in a few years, the offense is going to have to run, maybe through Zeke. But can the offensive line hold up? That's going to be a question mark. Can you get some of these young offensive linemen? Can they step in and play, you know, play right away and contribute? But again, you know, Jerry has no choice but to, but to rely on Zeke. Zeke's going to step up and Zeke's going to, have to dig back into, well, I can't say I dig back into the fountain of youth. But he's got to be the guy that he was in his rookie year. 
he's got to come out there and he's got to run 1,100, maybe 1,200 yards. And Zeke's going to have to do that. Yes, I know you got Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard can take some pressure off of Zeke. I get it. I understand that. But Zeke's going to have to carry the ball 20, maybe 21, 22 times a game. He might have to do that, maybe 25 times a game to take a pressure off of Dak because Dak doesn't have the receiver. Now, again, again, I guess, you know, Jerry, again, the offense is not going to have much of a choice because Jerry refuses to go out and get an extra receiver. Jerry feels that he has got, he's got, you know, it covered. Now, again, this has been discussed. I know a lot of money's tied up in one Dak Prescott. Money's tied up in Zeke. But, to be honest with you, if you're paying Zeke, if you're paying Zeke top dollar as a running back, then you're going to have to, yeah, then you're going to have to give, you got to give Zeke on his money. Rather than just giving the ball 25 times a game, take the pressure off the Dak. Because, let's be honest with you, again, you don't have, you don't have the receiver. You don't have Amari Cooper anymore. He's gone. Now, you saw Amari Cooper to go with C.D. Lamb, and let's say Gallup is out, and to be honest with you, you saw, if you saw Cooper, you probably wouldn't have gone out and got James Washington anyway. And I'm saying you wouldn't have drafted David Talbert. Maybe you would still have considered doing that anyway. But, but for Jerry, it makes me wonder if Jerry really wants to win a Super Bowl that bad. Jerry, I know he's dull. Like I said, we know he's dull that money to Dak. He's dull that money to Zeke. I know Lawrence has got some money. And it's going to be interesting. You've got talented like Parsons, Matt Parsons. You've got like Diggs. You've got talented young men that eventually, maybe not, you know, eventually, maybe not this year, maybe, you know, he could be much longer down the road. They're going to want top dollar. And Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz could be a free agent after this season. And you're going to either probably either need to find you a tight end. But for Jerry, Jerry needs to swallow his pride, suck it up. Go talk to go talk to Will Fuller. It's not going to hurt. Or find somebody, find somebody, find a veteran receiver to bring him in and let him help Dak out. Because to be honest with you, it's getting to the point where Dak's been running the ball 25 times a game. You might have Dak running the football, running the football more than you want to have him run the football. And Tony Pollard, he might have to run the football more than you want him to, too. Because now it's getting to the point now where it's kind of being the running game. It's like you got to, now it's going to be running game first and Dak second. And to me, that's the way it's going to have to be until, you, until Michael Gallup comes back. At least Michael Gallup is healthy. And even then, I don't know how much of a difference that's going to make. And to me, it's certainly too late to even try and make a small trade for somebody. It's too late. I mean, but then again, maybe it's not too late, but I don't see Jerry going out and making a deal in a deal. But I don't know. Could it be possible? It's possible you, could, you might be able to do a deal for like a late round pick. I don't know if that's possible. Could be. But again, that person has to come in and be able to learn the system very quickly. But for Jerry, Jerry needs to swallow his pride. He needs to look beyond. He needs to get easy on the receiver. Now, he needs to find him a veteran receiver. 
and I'm sure there's more than you know, I'm sure there might be more than uh, Fuller out there. Like I said, no Odell, but Odell has an ACL injury. He's not going to come in. Those are two names. I mean, that Fuller's the top guy that's on my list. But Jerry had opportunities to go out and get, try to get a receiver, but he failed to do so. And Jerry, it makes me wonder if all these years, Jimmy Johnson went the reins behind the outfit as far as where it got to be and getting, you know, getting it, making these decisions. Jerry, you know, Jerry has made bad decisions. Jerry has made good decisions. But maybe now, there's come a point in time, it has to be too much longer. Jerry's going to step aside. He's going to let his son Steven take over. Maybe this is, you know, maybe Jerry needs to realize that sooner rather than later. Now, but for right now, I'm sure that the defenses are looking, looking at, are looking at Zeke, and they realize, hey, the offense got to run through Zeke again. Now, not saying that Dak. Now, the difference is this time around is Dak is capable of throwing the ball probably 35 to 40 times a game. Dak's got the capability of doing so. But the problem is, you go double cover CD Lamb, and people ask guys like Talbert and all these other young receivers, hey, we'll go double cover Lamb. But we don't have confidence. We don't have confidence that that we don't have confidence that these other guys are going to help Dak that game. But again, this is the point. This is the the case where right now, Dak, right now, Dak's going to need some help. Jerry, you better realize, you have to realize that. Realize that, realize that very soon. But for Zeke, Jerry may be right in this regard. You're going to have to rely on the running game. You're going to have to rely on Zeke. And Zeke, you're going to have to, as Zeke says, you're going to have to feed him. You have to feed him a lot. Because the honest going to be for Dallas is to hang in there. You've got to rely on Zeke. That's Philadelphia Eagles right now. People all believe that the Eagles are going to win the division because they're balanced. There's reports that Campbell, Jalen Hurts, he's been, he's been looking good. He seems to be doing, he seems to be hooking up with A.J. Brown very well. He threw a nice little bomb to it. Jalen Ryger, uh, Ryger uh, in camp. And that's, that's a good sign for at least Ryder. But then again, the one name, again, if you look at names, receiver names, the one name has not been mentioned too often, and his spot, our spot on the, on this team could be able to be gone. What about if, it, if the Cowboys were out and trying to get a guy by the name of Darius Slayton? You know, remember Darius, former University of Auburn player. There's a possibility that he might not make the team. There's talks that maybe Sterling Shepard will not make the team. But there's a guy that the Cowboys could reach out, maybe talk to even your own division rival, Slayton. Maybe try to get Darius Slayton. Again, it's somebody. But you're right. You've got to feed, feed Zeke and feed him some more. Now let's talk about one gentleman that we haven't talked about. We talked about him a while back, and as of right now, and that is Alvin Kamara. Now, there's reports coming out there now that Alvin had got a, I guess, got his, I guess, court date pushed back. And there's a chance that he might not serve a suspension at all this year because his court date got pushed pushed back, which I'm sure New Orleans Saints are breathing a, a sigh, a sigh of relief off of that because if Alvin was to serve some type of suspension this season, 
and their best top running back would have been Mark Ingram. And Ingram, Ingram has still show signs that he can play well, but again, could Ingram's best days sort of be behind him? But for those who don't remember, I think Kamara, he got into a altercation at Pro Bowl weekend. I believe somebody stepping on the elevator. Alvin didn't want this person on the elevator with him and his friends. The guy insisted he got on the elevator and supposedly Alvin and his friends beat this gentleman up. Now, like I said, I'm sure the Saints are, you know, are uh, thanking the lucky stars that this court date did get pushed back and he will not have to serve at least a suspension as of right now. Now, unless, now, unless the court date is done sometime this season, let's say it's on a bye week, let's say for some sake of argument it's on a bye week, Alvin does the court date, he comes back, and let's say Roger Goodell can suspend him for, let's say, six games, for, you know, for six games, whatever the case might be. For all we know, he could be gone, and he could be gone the rest of the season. Not saying that's not the realm of possibility here. But certainly Alvin is, of course, I believe the word is that there are cameras in an elevator, and he certainly is... Yeah, of course he was certainly guilty, and his friends were, you know, beating on this, on this gentleman. So, again, I mean, I've discussed this. This is one of the things where athletes nowadays have to pretty much have to watch themselves. I mean, I mean, let's be honest with you. Nowadays, you got how many, how many media outlets we got out here nowadays? I mean, people can pull out their, I mean, your cell phones. Then, my gosh. People would pull out their cell phones, cell phones any any old time, and you know, and you've got what cars? You know, I mean, cars have got cams now. If a policeman pulls you over unjustly, yeah, you got a car camera. Yeah, you can take. Yeah, you can take. Yeah, you can take them to court and say, well, here, here's the reason why I got pulled. Here's the so-called reason I got pulled over. Whatever the case might be. Car cams, cell phones have been a hot item for many, many years now. If some, you know, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, the media outlets, and of course, we have the Facebooks, the Twitters, the TikToks of the world, Instagrams, Pinterest. You can go on and on and on about all the media, media outlets and all this stuff nowadays. And every place nowadays has cameras. It could be from your local convenience store, elevators. I mean, my gosh, I mean, could be your own office. If you work in an office, I'm sure your office has got a camera. Grocery stores have them. You can go out department stores. I mean, nowadays, it's like you have to be very careful. I mean, I mean, now, of course, you got, of course, nowadays, you got what, what is it, ring? The doorbell ring where you have a camera. If somebody tries to steal your, yeah, steal a package that you got for Christmas or something like that. Yeah, that can be picked up on the thing. I mean, it's like athletes. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete, you know, musician, you know, whatever the case is. It's like you should know that everything's around nowadays. I mean, damn, even parking lots have cameras. I mean, you got to understand where the media. Now, to me, I, it's one thing, you know, maybe, you know, you could sit back and say, well, maybe the gentleman should have not, 
Maybe you should have taken Alvin's advice and maybe wait for the elevator to come down. Maybe no three, you know, or you know, Evan Ellis had better judgment. Say, hey, let's just allow the guy on there. Now, I know how fans can be. If you want to jump on the elevator, oh my gosh, it's Alvin Kamara. Oh my gosh, it's um, yeah, it could be you know, it could be Tom Brady or something like that, or Aaron Rodgers, and they got one. And you know how fans are. Some fans are, oh my gosh, I gotta go on the elevator, man. I gotta talk to this guy. I gotta get his autograph, whatever the case may be. And there are fans that are like that. There are fans that are too pushy. There are media that is too pushy. But of course, you know, and I, whether that was the case or not, I don't, you know, I really don't, I don't know. But again, I know how fans are. Now, granted, granted with my job, I deal with the general public, and I've been dealing with the general public for almost 32 years. And I'm used to dealing with all walks of life. I'm used to dealing with the not some of the nicest people on the planet and I've dealt with some people that are nasty as they can be I've you know I've dealt you know I've dealt with some people that are stuck up obnoxious you know I've dealt with that you know and and heck I where I work I've had police officers walk in the store you know walk in the store and shop and I've even talked to a couple again you deal with the general public and that's you know that's how it is but for guys like Alvin Kamara and company and other athletes or entertainers, whatever the case might be, the thing is, you got to know, you've got to know that there's cameras all around. There are phones, everything else. Now, for Alvin, he did a bad thing. Now, Alvin's been a solid, a solid player for the Saints since he's entered this league. Well, it was a third-round pick out of, the, out of the University of Tennessee. It was a deal for Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. There's no doubt about that. But for Alvin, he should have used better judgment. Now, you know, he should have. Now, I'm sure there's a suspension coming from Alvin. We don't know when it's going to come. But for the Saints, they can kind of breathe a sigh of relief right now that they will have him week one. And I'm sure Jameis Winston coming back from an ACL injury himself. I'm sure he is um, thankful that Alvin Kamara, I'm sure Alvin Kamara's involved, more involved than the, I'm sure Alvin Kamara will continue to be involved in the passing game. And again, hopefully Michael Thomas can finally, finally get on, get on, get on the field and be able to play this season. And they've got Jarvis Landry. So again, hopefully the Saints are Giving the offense some gear, but having Alvin Kamara there from week one is certainly a huge, huge, huge bonus for the New Orleans Saints. Now we talked about this subject a couple of episodes ago, and of course it's coming back, coming back around again. That's Matthew Stratford and his elbow, and they've got him on a on a pitch. On I guess you said let's say a pitch count, if you want to go in that direction, or some kind of count. And he has it, and he's been taking, you know, I believe cortisone shots or whatever, you know, whatever in his elbow. Now, to me, this comes, to me, this becomes a concern to me is because his elbow. Now, Matthew, now, Matthew is a tough guy. I mean, he's a very tough guy. In the last few years, Matthew has had suffered some injuries. Now, I think he 
did okay for himself last year, but the last two years in Detroit, this guy took a lot, took way too many beatings, and it came in and affected him. It affected him and it affected his play. But it's concerned to me now that the elbow. Now, it seems like the Rams are not that concerned. Sean McVay's not concerned. If I'm a Ram fan, be concerned. I mean, it seems like the Rams who want to, who want to uh, repeat as Super Bowl champions. Now, now Vance Jefferson, if we heard Vance Jefferson is going to have like, I think he's going to have like a minor, minor knee surgery. And there could be a chance he could he could be back by week one, which is good news for you know for the Rams because to me Vance you know Van you know Van was uh, quietly becoming a pretty pretty decent player for the Rams, but the thing is all evolved around that quarterback and Matthew Stratford. Now, it becomes interesting is how bad that elbow is if Matthew can play. With the elbow pain all through that 2022, let's say he has to take a shot or whatever it is every single week. Is there a possibility that the Rams change their offensive thinking? Do you decide to get Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson? Do you decide to let them run the football a little bit more to take some of that pressure off that elbow? I mean, that's the thing that Sean McVay might be running through his head. But again, it depends on Matthew Stratford's, you know, threshold of pain. And Matthew seems to have a pretty strong threshold threshold of pain. He's a tough guy, but it, again, it becomes a concern to me. Is here we are, we're in we're in camp now. Now we're not we haven't played any preseason games. And to be honest with you, if I know Sean McVay's history, Stratford's not going to play any preseason games anyway. And I'm sure none of the stars will play any preseason games anyway. But the elbow is, to me, again, we keep going back and forth. It's a concern because now it's popped up again. The The subject got popped up again last week and gets popped up again this week. So that's two weeks in a row we're talking about Matthew Stratford and his elbow. And to me, that just screams, that's just like, that just screams the, you know, the red alarm, the red alarm. It's, it's just going off in my head. Now, I'm sure John Wolford will be seeing a lot of him in preseason. But then again, you never know. If this elbow keeps persisting, John could wind up being a starting quarterback. And then again, this goes back to a point. It's like, well, if Matthew's elbow is, is a persistent thing, then where, yeah, then there is no, you know, quarterback out there. Yeah, there's one guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't see Garoppolo going to, to no Rams. But again, I've seen these stranger things happen, right? But for me, again, it's 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 worrisome. It's become because your your quarterback, the one you spent a lot a lot to get, and granted, it paid off. Stratford, you know, Stratford did help you get a Super Bowl. So don't get me wrong, it did it did pay off. The Rams seem to have a knack for a, a knack for here lately of getting stuff to pay off or getting the right amount of money to you had to pay their players and I give them I give the Rams that. But it's a concern. The elbow does become a concern for me. Now many of the Rams fans, maybe Sean McVay, Les Sneed, his teammates, maybe they're not really concerned. They're just not concerned right now. 
But to me, again, I take sometimes I do take preseason, I do take camp a little seriously because everybody's got a nick of an injury that becomes a concern. Now, I know. Now I know that I mean let's be honest with you. We've already had Ryan Jensen. We've had Tim Patrick get hurt. It makes me wonder who else who else could be who else out there is going to be next that becomes a concern. At least to me. But we'll see. Hopefully for Ryan's sake that his elbow does get corrected. And he will yeah maybe he's on a pitch count. On some kind of pitch count. I, I like to say pitch count. Baseball is on the line. And with baseball, all these you know trades, all these big trades and moves, maybe the pitch count is just just on it's just on my mind. But I gotta be honest with you, it's a concern, it becomes a concern to me. Elbow. I mean, on the throwing, on yeah, on the throwing arm, it's a concern. I'm sorry, Rams fans. Maybe you know, maybe you are just kicking back, relaxing, hoping your team can repeat. But if but if you're but if you're star quarterback. And, you know, again, Matthew Strafford, I'm not saying Matthew Strafford is an old, old, an old, old man by any stretch of the imagination, but Matthew's not a spring chicken anymore either. And hopefully, hopefully you don't rely on a guy like John Wolford to be your quarterback. Now, John has played pretty good in preseason, but then again, if this happens, John's going to have to step up big, big time to try to keep, you know, to, uh, you know, keep the ship, to right the ship. But for me, Maybe Matthew's gonna have to tough it out. Maybe he's gonna, maybe he's gonna, you know, you know, elbow might be a, a constant thing throughout the season. And if that elbow's persistent and he stays in pain, then you have to wonder how much can he help his throwing? Because he could help. Yeah, how much can he? How much is this gonna hurt his throwing? Because it's gonna hurt him a lot. And then again, you have to wonder, and for fantasy football fans, it becomes a concern because if that elbow's persistent. Cooper Cup's numbers are not going to be not going to be that good. Allen Robinson, his numbers might not be might not, might not be that good. And then that means you have to turn a lie on Cam Akers. And Cam Akers, yeah, was a guy who was supposed to be counting on to do a lot last year, but again, ACL injury kind of hurt his chances as well. And Cam came back before the season ended. Shows you shows you how tough how tough Cam Akers is. And how good of an athlete he really is. Or Daryl Henderson, do you rely on Akers and Henderson more with the bag with with uh, Strafford's questionable elbow? Time will tell, but hopefully, if Matt, Matt he gets it corrected, he feels no pain, and he's ready to go against the buff against the buff of Buffalo Bills week one. What's been the last? A few minutes, I guess you could say. Well, maybe the last next nine minutes or so. Let's uh, jump around the league and let's talk about um, news news from camp. Um, let's start with the uh, New York Giants. We don't talk much about them, but let's 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 give them a little a shout out. Um, Danny, uh, it seems like old Danny Dimes or Daniel Jones had a pretty decent. I think had a pretty decent showing today, which is. Great news, great news for the um, New York Giants fans. Again, we just talked about here recently, there's rumors that, uh, there's a rumor going out there that Sterling Shepard, who's been on the team for about seven years, there's a rumor that he might not even make the team. Uh, 
as far as as far as we know, the uh, rumors are that uh, certainly that uh, Kenny Holiday and Tony are Cadelius Tony, I believe, are going to be the only two guys that are going to have a spot as far as receivers. And the next spot is up in the air. Uh, it seems like Robinson they drafted from the University of uh, Kentucky. He's they seem to be high on him, and he could wind up being the number three receiver. Um, Shepard's spot is not secure on this team. There's been rumors that they were thinking about trying to trade Darius Slayton. We've talked about that, you know, about, you know, 15 minutes ago, we talked about him possibly getting traded. Um, again, the Dallas Cowboys should reach out to the Giants on that possibility. I know it's kind of a kiss of death to trade within your division, right? But it's something that, something that, should, that, that they should look at. If you read it now, the Carolina Panthers, uh, Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald, this thing has kind of gone gone back and forth, back and forth. Um, I think Baker had some ups and downs. Sam, I think, played a little bit better than Baker did today. Uh, Baker got the uh, deep throw to uh, Anderson, Robbie Anderson, who is a Sam Donald fan from their time with the New York, New York Jets, but it seems like and Anderson Baker hooked up on a nice little ball ball today in practice. So it's interesting. It's interesting to see if Sam does stay the number one quarterback on this team, which I got a feeling he will be the number one guy starting, you know, starting day. Or, you know, a week one, uh Baker I still think Baker will be will be the backup, but I would be surprised if Baker takes over the job at, at some point. Um I know uh, for Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I know Najee Harris, there's a word going on that Najee had to set, I guess he set out of practice because he had a minor, a minor, a very minor ankle injury. We don't know what it is. Um, it just doesn't seem to be too concerning to Mike Tomlin and, um, and the staff. So, and again, if Mike, Mike Tomlin's not concerned, I'm not concerned. Uh, can't that, uh, Joe Burrow is is back. Of course, he was on a golf cart greeting his uh, teammates. Um, he's back after having having his appendix taken out last week. He's back on the field. Of course, he's not practicing, but it's a good sign to see him on the field. But again, I've already told you about the Burrow thing. It's a concern to me. I mean, as far as he knows the playbook, there's no denying that. But to me, you got to take reps in practice, and to me. From a physical standpoint, it kind of makes me wonder if Joe's going to get off to a slow start this this year, this year or not. We keep going around camp. Uh, there is a camp actually coming out of Washington that that Carson Wentz has looked has looked pretty well in camp thus far, and that's certainly good news for the uh, Washington fans that Carson is looking is looking good. Well, Carson, certainly a lot of pressure is going to be on him. Um, it's going to be hard for Washington and the Giants to possibly break through. Philadelphia's a top team. Dallas is probably number two. But it's interesting to see what Carson Wentz can do. Uh, you know, with, with Washington, that running game, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, you know, drafted Robinson out of Alabama. I'm interested to see how that dynamic is going to work out. Terry McLean has signed a new contract, so him and Wentz can get off, can get off the flying start. 
uh, hopefully Curtis Samuel can stay healthy for a full season. Uh, of course, there was there's already there's a Curtis Samuel report that uh, I believe he's uh, dinged up a little bit. But again, Ron Rivera is not too concerned about too concerned about it. But I'm interested to see what Carlson wins concern. I'm interested to see that Wentz can stay healthy for a full season and can Wentz, you know, can Wentz finally, you know, can he produce? We're gonna we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out soon soon enough. Again, I'll go back. Let's go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a second. Have you heard this rumor that Kenny Pickett, the first round draft pick, is now practicing with the second team now? Now. I think him and Mason Rudolph were taking, going back and forth, practicing with the second team. Now, to me, I wouldn't go overly hyped. Kenny got off to a bad start, I think. But I think Kenny seems to come around a little bit. But to me, Kenny's going to still be a third-string quarterback. I don't think he's going to see, I don't think he's going to see the field at all for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, unless Trubisky, unless Rudolph, both get hurt. And of course, Matt Canada, we talked about it a couple of episodes ago that Matt has has already laid it out there that there could be possible that Mason Rudolph could wouldn't be surprised if Mason Rudolph starts because he knows the system. But I got a feeling Mitchell, I think that's I wouldn't say blowing hot air because I believe Trubisky will wind up being the starting court starting quarterback with Cleveland. Cody Brissett is now officially going to be the starting quarterback for the Browns for the first six games of the season after Deshaun's going to be serving his his six-game suspension. And I'm interested to see if Jacoby can keep the team afloat until Deshaun, until Deshaun Watson comes, until he comes back. For the Kansas City, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I know there's a sigh of relief. Orlando Brown is in camp, and... He'll be covering Patrick Mahomes' backside, which is certainly great news for, for certainly for Patrick Mahomes himself. Because of uh, <laughs> you got to remember a couple of years ago, he was on his backside an awful lot playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City lost. So that is good news for for them. Um, I think report is that there's another report out there that Patrick Mahomes and Juju, Juju Schuster, are looking pretty good together in camp. That's probably great news to hear. He has to get a good report with Juju and Scanlon because of there's no Tyree there's no Tyreek Hill. Um, I think one report has that uh, uh what is it uh Clyde Edwards Declare, I believe he is ding he is uh, dinged up. Uh, I don't think he's receiving I I believe there's a report I've heard that he's starting he's starting on the pub list right now, I believe. That means Ronald Jones is getting more more playing time. And I'm interested to see how that dynamic's gonna work out. Now I'm sure Clyde is one, Ronald's probably two, but again, I think they're gonna to have to be relied on more this year because you know we don't have to get a running game, have to establish some of a running game, and not put all the pressure on one, you know, on one Patrick Patrick Mahomes. Continue looking around the league. We talked about Philadelphia and. Uh, Jalen's looking pretty good in camp thus far, which is which is great news. Um, I think uh, Detroit word out there that uh, their first round draft pick Adam Hutchinson is looking looking pretty good in camp, looking very good in camp, which is certainly great news. You want to hear that your first round draft pick is um, doing very doing very well, and I'm sure Hutchinson will bring a 
some juice to that defense has been has been struggling for him for several for several years now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time I have for this episode. Uh, thank you for joining me. Please take care of yourselves, and I'll see you again soon.